1: we are back with another edition of sports insider radio i got some news before i came on the air i feel like i've been upgraded to the big time mic. We are on, right now, broadcasting live, as we've done for the last nine years, on 1400 AM in Las Vegas. Around May 1st, they said maybe maybe by next week's show, we are going to be simulcast. It's going to be like the sports and race book simulcast, Mike. We're going to be not only on AM when you're driving down the road, we're going to be on FM, 107.1 Las Vegas what do you think about that Mike more people listening, more people calling more people getting educated about what we do as professional sports gamblers, not only on the a m but now on the fm
2: well it's it's definitely we're we're definitely going to be an upgrade, but I feel like that's what's been going on for for many years as the audience is we have a much longer reach we're able to you know, not just provide some really good content and and really good entertainment to our listeners, but they kind of, you know, get a scoop of what it takes to be successful as a professional sports better. It's not glamorous. It's not easy. It's not exciting. But what it does provide is stability in an industry where there's no stability. So, for me personally, I know we last weekend was my big bachelor party weekend. We did a little video from the beach. You know, I had no stability. What was your girlfriend's name? On the slot name? machines. What was your girlfriend's name? What was your girlfriend's Beyonce, name? Beyonce. Beyonce.
1: No, no, in the video, the the girl. the Oh, the, Isabella, the blow-up doll's how's, how's Isabella doing
2: today? Isabella never made it back to uh, uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. She left. Uh, she might have be. Uh, she might have taken a taken a swim in the ocean, and uh, unless she had uh, her swimmies on, I don't know if she made it back or not. Okay. So tell me but about what your slot saying, career. So you know, I am a slot player, not by profession. I'm not a slot player based on an edge. I just I usually do the hit-and-run approach, especially here in the casinos here. The average slot should pay out with proper regulations, 91%. Now, don't quote me on that. Um, a, a friend of mine who's pretty big into it, because you could see when you get hand pays on the slot machines that, you could see what it actually pays out, the actual numbers, before they reset it, after the hand pay, when they come over. So usually here, we see anywhere between 90 to 91%. So that means that they're taking a 10% rake on the actual money that's being spit out versus taken in. When we were getting a couple hand pays down in Puerto Rico, some were paying out 50%. The highest we saw was 70%. So it just shows not only are they, you know, dialed in to pay out less on the bonuses, but they're just simply not paying out often at all. So not only because with slots, it's, it's a simple formula for us to at least here in the states where you don't get your head cracked. As long as you keep feeding the machine at the worst case, you'll break even or you might lose a little bit, but there, no matter how many times I fed it, It was like nothing. And then when the bonus hit, it paid very minimal for the amount per spin we were playing. So lesson learned, don't play slots um, in the islands. Don't play slots on cruises unless you're just expecting to hit and run. And that's the only person out of our entire group that actually made money on the trip. Um, It was a collective. We, We all talked about it. On the on the flight home, that if instead of us playing slots as a total, if they would have just bought me a Rolex watch, <laughs> it would have been it would have been the same exact price. So if all the the groomsmen would have just collectively, you know, had the same mindset, say, you know what, we're not going to play slots this trip. We're just going to buy the groom a nice Daytona for his uh, upcoming nuptials. Um, that would have been the for, easy route. For, but for, you
1: know, for, a lesson for learned, 20, we all had right? fun.
2: Right, that's great.
1: And that what since it's been the first. Well, no, actually, you've you've gone. Yeah, you you flew around it post pandemic. This is the first time you left. Even though it's the United States, this is the first time you've left uh, since since COVID. Right, like getting on an yes. airplane, flying. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how was it in terms of
2: masks and debt, or is just nah. like nothing, just nothing? Again? I mean, you you still see maybe one percent that are still wearing masks. Um you just it, it's it's literally like one percent. And it was crowded touristy? Oh yeah. I mean it's like, you know, it's very it was very crowded, very live. Um we got to see a couple weddings there, um, at the resort we stayed at. Um I got to meet uh, a fan of mine um, sorry, let me rephrase it. I got to meet a person that I'm a fan of. Usually it's the other way around. When I go to Vegas where people recognize me, I saw one of uh, the ESPN hosts that used to do around the horn, which I watched when I was younger all the time. He was there, I guess, for a a wedding and took a picture with him. So that was pretty cool. Um, but man, it's just the, the lifestyle down there. I mean, you feel like you're in the United States. I know you've been there. You know, only about two hundred times. times. Yeah, yeah, two hundred really. Right, so at least
1: at least two hundred times. Instead of so, for all the people that are listening in Las Vegas or based in Baltimore, Maryland, most people here vacation just due to the geographic nature in Ocean City, Maryland, or Rehoboth Beach, uh, which is north of Ocean City, Maryland. It's about a what would you say, Mike? About a three four hour drive, depending upon traffic to the ocean. What's that? Say it one more time. What would you say? About three to four hours to Ocean City, Maryland? Yeah. Right. So I learned at a very young age I could get on a plane, flight, and for four hours be in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And instead, I opted never to go to the coast of Maryland and always to fly to Puerto Rico. So that's what I've been doing for 40 years, basically flying back and forth. I've actually almost got caught there in huge, massive hurricanes because I would always fly in during hurricane season because it was the summertime. And, uh, you know, but that's my spot. If I ever retire somewhere else, it'll either be there or in the Middle East. Um, but definitely love, love, love Puerto Rico. Don't miss the don't love the hurricanes, unfortunately, but that's just part of the, the business of being in that type of uh, geographic climate. But let's talk about I don't want to start every radio show. Mike was saying I told them also.
2: But man,
1: I got to thank my man Cal. I talk about my man Cal. Cal in Kansas City, Captain Morgan. Let me let me let me give you some of these stats, Mike. He sent these to me really early. I will never take credit. It's a client of ours, he but he loves doing the research, doing the deep dive. I'll get to my research, but I want to wrap some numbers around for you right now. Favorites are 216 and 141. 216 wins and 141 losses. That means on a net win scenario, you are up 75 games exactly. So, Mike, you should be up a lot of money, right? Sure. So if you have wagered to win $1,000 on every favorite blindly with no handicapping, no cherry picking, nothing. You have risked $585,980. I'm going to repeat, $585,980. Your return to date is minus $5,030. Your return to date is minus 0.86% on the capital that you risked. Sounds like a pretty good deal, huh, betting favorites?
2: that sounds absolutely horrible. And it's, imp- I mean, I've been saying that the clients for a while, um, you know, and some clients that don't understand that if they don't treat it like a business, they'll never succeed because they're emotionally attached to. Listen, when we play dogs, which is the only thing that you do outside of my overs model that I'll explain now that it's been launched uh, for two days now, a little later in the show, we take teams that nobody looks at. We take teams that, are not good. You have teams that lose. I mean, that's why they're heavy dogs. They're not heavy dogs because they have a winning record. They're heavy dogs because they have a losing record and they don't win games. And sometimes it gets frustrating because you see the same teams that the model generates day after day. And from an emotional standpoint, clients already assume the loss before the games even start. I can't believe you're taking the Detroit Tigers. That was the the talk a week ago. Then the Detroit Tigers won a couple plus 200s. Nobody says anything about them anymore. So, you know, realistically, you know, the data on the model so far, it's been three weeks to be running the underdog model. We're up seven net games. It's not pretty. We're hitting at a 41% rate, and we're
1: still... Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't take away from our Met 7.87. I'll get to those Sorry, numbers seven, in a
2: minute. 7, 7.87. point uh-huh, no, I don't,
1: don't, you know, it's, uh, you know. But let me, let me I, I want to I interject because I want to go over Cal's data because this is, like, very impressive. Yeah, go ahead. So, so yesterday there were 15 MLB games. Mm-hmm. Favorites were seven wins and eight losses. If you played to win $1,000 to win $1,000 on all 15 games, you were down one game under $500, seven wins, eight losses. Doesn't sound bad, right, Mike? No. You lost $6,380 being one game under $500. $6,380. Now let's flip it. What do I say on my YouTube channel? What do I say on this radio show? With an absence of advice, with an absence of a system, when left to your own devices, if you want to make money wagering on baseball and you want to pay no one, it's very simple. You wake up every morning, you click every dog, and you and you turn off your computer. If you did that yesterday you were 8 and 7 you were up one game over 500 you risked $15,000 because you're risking a wager which is juice free and you made $4,170 so for all the listeners wrap your head around this 7 and 8 on the favorites to win a dime you lose 6380 8 and 7 on the dogs yesterday risking a dime you win 4170. I won't say I'll to- I told you so, but this is what I'm going to say, and I'm going to re- repeat it for all the listeners that listen and can't digest logic. If you think not wagering on baseball is the way to make money, because you're used to edge betting and chasing the numbers in football and basketball, you don't like money. If you handicap pitchers that are never going to be in after the fifth inning, and you use that even if it's one data point in your analysis of wagering on baseball, you deserve to lose and you don't like money. The pitcher is absolutely meaningless to what we do, Because it would be the same thing as your quarterback being out in the fourth quarter of each game. People will text me all day long about ERAs of pitchers. They do not understand, Mike, and I don't know how to make them understand. The pitcher is not relevant to the wager except taking advantage of the inflated numbers on those good pitchers and fading them as an underdog. Unless you're wagering on the first five innings, the pitcher is rendered utterly useless, non-data, doesn't have anything to do with the wager. So for all those people that like to text Mike or text us as a group and say, This guy's got an ERA, blah, blah, blah. This guy's had so many wins, blah, blah, blah. And Urias was the most profitable pitcher last year, and blah, blah, blah. And Kershaw and blah, blah, blah. It's all what I just said. Blah, blah, blah. I have good friends like our good friend in Summerlin. He knows who he is if he's listening. He's an edge better in baseball. He has an algorithm. He will win betting favorites. I had him on here a couple weeks ago, Troy. He will win betting favorites. He will bet one favorite a week. That is the only way you're going to win betting favorites. And you better have unlimited money. And you better be able to martingale your way to success because you're never going to make money betting the same unit value, betting favorites every game. And this is why all gamblers try to justify their lack of interest in baseball because they refuse to listen, 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 listen. With an absence of a point spread, any time where you can just pick the winner and you don't have to worry about a team covering versus not covering, you have an implicit edge that is greater than any edge betting. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think. I don't care if you make $100 million betting on football or basketball. The average person working 9 to 5 will be more successful playing every underdog every day and never making a football or basketball wager. I'm done.
2: You got anything you want to add? I know you get real animated um, when it comes to this stuff. And if it was from somebody listening, for them to blatantly take dogs would not be a profitable entity. By the end of the year, we know that.
1: But if they no, they'd break me. even. They wouldn't be down
2: money. They would break even. They'd be forty percent. What's the point of what's the point of playing to break even? But
1: they wouldn't be down five thousand dollars, risking almost six hundred thousand. But what I, <laughs> I, I don't people, I don't want people to look. Get... I want people to pay us. I'm going to go over our actual system. I'm making a point that someone out there can stay in the game if it's for entertainment purposes only. Because let's be real, there's the pros and there's the joes. The pros are not betting for fun the Joes are. If you're a Joe and you just enjoy baseball and you're a fan of the Baltimore Orioles like we are, or you're a fan of the Yankees, or you're a fan of the Dodgers, or you're a fan of the Mets, and you just want to have action, you're going to stay in the game much longer, dying the death of a thousand cuts, losing a little, winning a little, losing a little, and you're going to stay in the game when you hit those $200 dogs as a normal person, not subscribing to our service, not a client of ours, not paying us. So when I say this, I'm not talking about, do I think anybody's going to wake up and bet all the dogs? No. But I believe if you bet favorites, you're an idiot. That's what I believe. Unless you're a guy like Troy and Summerlin who has a multi-million dollar algorithm that can isolate one game a week. If you're not him, you're an idiot if you lay money on any baseball game. And I will say it to anyone on YouTube, on the radio, on FaceTime, in person, you can't win. Go
2: ahead. Well, it's in, and I think people really don't understand if you've been look baseball is something that I have personally had success with outside of the other sports because the other sports I personally don't do. I let other sharps that we deal with like David Miller, an amazing football, amazing basketball, amazing NBA. That's better. I mean, the guy this season did incredible in NBA when people told me before the NBA season, nobody could beat NBA. And it was funny because we had a talk about a month ago where he told me he wasn't doing well in NBA. Like he doesn't realize how well he did he because the injuries caught up to him and he wasn't getting the proper updates on the channels that he was using. And for next year, he's going to do better. I'm like, Dave, you did amazing this year. No, 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 no. I feel like I could have done better. That's what a sharp does. He's not happy with the success. He needs to consistently improve and evolve. So college basketball, NBA, NFL, college football, I let the experts handle doing the sports that I am not familiar with. I don't have an opinion. I don't, pick my own games. I let the experts do the work for baseball, completely the opposite. I'm fully intertwined. I've been running this overs model for now seven years. I launched it finally on Monday. Why do I wait till last week of April or the first week of May every year to do it? Because I need pitching data because the overs are created based on points, points being runs. If I don't have real data from starting pitchers, I'm not going to run the over. Meaning, even if there's a pitcher that is in the matchup starting pitcher, obviously the relievers, um, I have to actually do a deeper dive to know which ones are even available for that day. But they don't matter nearly as much as a starting pitcher that I know is going to be not on a pitch count like a reliever that's starting the game and is only a two-inning Pitcher, which you'll see halfway through the season, they they just throw in relievers to start the game where they're not actual starters. So those get X'd out of the system automatically. If a pitcher has not pitched this year and is coming off injury and it's his first start, it's getting scratched off the system. So there's certain reasons why I do what I do. I've been, I've followed on my face in previous years trying to over volumized the system um, I'm not doing that anymore so early in the system you're gonna see very little volume and as there's more pitching data we'll we'll ramp it up but so far so good I, I paper traded with the games that I could do uh, in the last couple weeks I saw really good performance I think the pitching clock is definitely giving me an edge this year i'm I'm waiting for the for the correction. There's always going to be a correction with the totals. I haven't seen it quite yet, but I'm monitoring it every day. And we're just rocking and rolling, man. It's like the guys that have been around with me for years that have been following the overs model, they love it. They they know when I'm ready, I'm ready. It's not the old school handicapping sales funnels where these guys go, I have the game they can't lose tonight. When I present this to clients months ago, I said, I'm not going to start this till May. Imagine telling somebody that baseball has been up and running for a month that I'm not going to start a particular model. That's because we, we do this as a business. We're not doing it for gambling entertainment. If you're going to follow it, you're going to follow it a hundred percent. If you're going to follow the underdog model, you're going to follow it a hundred percent. There's no value of trying to create games if there's none on the board. Like so far, I scanned the model for the overs for the morning set. There's about five games that start here in about 30 minutes. Nothing popped up. We just passed. So then I'm going to scan the system for the evening set. Same thing with the underdogs. We didn't see anything. Uh, I know you ran the model a few hours ago. Didn't see anything in the early set. We're going to do the same thing for night games. So this is about following something strategically. This is a trading model that has years and years of data and has been successful so why try to do it your own way your own way and i'm talking to you the client is betting favorites it's betting starting pitchers that have a good era and their are two starts what does that matter just you don't know what teams they played you don't know if you're not really a baseball junkie and you didn't see exactly how they got to that era it's just a number, and there's not enough of a sample size for it to be a legitimate pitching data yet if you don't know the actual nuances of how those ERAs were obtained. It could have been a really good defensive game, it could have been a lot of he, he the pitcher left a lot of men on base, but got out when it was important, and there's a lot of guys are running in scoring position, he just got you know a couple lucky plays. Versus a guy that could have had a fantastic game and pitched lights out and just got rocked in a single inning and gave up five runs because of a grand slam or, you know, just an uh, error on the defense. That stuff matters. I mean, the pitcher is unlike any other position in sports. He dictates the game. If he is hot and he is healthy, Those guys could ride you to success and also it can go the reverse. There's guys like Otani early in the season who have amazing ERA, but he gets pulled because he's on a pitch count because he's also a batter. So they're not going to leave him in there for 120 pitches every night. And when he came out, the relievers stunk it up and they actually lost the game. So if you're betting because the, the money line is set on Otani, it's not set on the relievers. And then they ended up losing the game. So it just shows you that if you bet favorites blind, based on streaks, based on pitchers, you can't win unless you have a dedicated model that you have been literally working on for many years and you have went through the the bad streaks. You've tweaked it to make it successful. And long-term, it's going to produce because you believe you're – homework and your research and your implementation of this model is has got a huge sample size. My overs model is seven years of a sample size. Do you think I worry when I lose a day or two? No. I know that's part of the there's a hundred and sixty two game season. This is not COVID anymore where they're playing half a season. This is a full 162 game season. So am I worried about anything in April, May? Absolutely not. We still have all of May, all of June, all of July, all of August, and then we start to, to to not play nearly as many games as September because you're talking a lot of teams that are basically putting in their farm system. So there's a lot of lot of season left. It's the longest season out of any sport for a reason, which is uh, to me it's exciting. I come in every day, I run it just because in, in during the other sports, John. I let all the sharps dictate the selections for me, and I. That's why we have the different platforms set up where let,
1: let, sharps. I wanted to for to some about. people that were interested in the NBA uh, mentioned. So obviously, we use exclusively for NBA. We use as our main group uh, Dave Miller and company. If you subscribe to the Telegram channel, because you were saying he did, you know, well last year. Let's go over the numbers and let's talk about for listeners just to. Fast forward into the NBA playoffs. We'll come back to baseball to say one of the hacks to just make yourself more money without increasing your win percentage. David Miller on telegram. The only way you could get these games is not by going to VegasRingers.com, not by buying a pick pack, not by logging in and getting selections from the various different little systems. You must have dealt with Mike. You must have been on telegram. He was Two hundred and six as of the last NBA playoff game, one sixty-eight and eleven. So the two games from last
2: night are not posted on there. They have an update. Well, How did they Two do? wins last night.
1: Okay. Well, I'm gonna. Okay, you messed my numbers up now. Two hundred and eight sounds better. One sixty-eight and eleven. Two hundred and eight. One sixty-eight and eleven. So that's plus forty games. But let's talk about. I'm going to do this because I don't want to redo the math for the purpose of the show. Based on 206, 168, and 11. That's up 38 units. That means nothing. That's traditional handicapping, gobbledygook, nonsense, fuzzy math, nonsense marketing. There's all that taking the winner and subtracting the loser and saying 206 minus 168 equals 38. And then you have some fancy website and you put I'm up thirty eight units. dime player made thirty eight thousand. Eh, not true. You win two hundred and six thousand. Based on one ten odds, you lose one hundred and eighty four thousand eight hundred. So that was thirty eight units. Hey, you know what? An average guy can use an extra twenty one thousand two hundred in their bankroll. If you were laying one ten on every base NBA game. The difference between the wins and the losses, forget the 38 units, is you made $21,200 on 110 odds. Now, how can you increase these odds with the same record, Mike? It's easy. Try to get a five-cent line. Shop it. Work it. Look for it. Contact us about how to find it. Get it. Shop it. And look for it. The same record. You increase your profit by $8,400. If you have 168 losses, and instead of losing at 110, 184,800, you lose 176,400 at 105, you have now made 29,600, not counting the two games yesterday, because I'm not going to redo all the actual math. So the point is, the difference between 20 and 30 is 30%. By cutting that line from 10 cents to 5 cents, you've increased your profitability 30, basically 3% of the pie. From 20,000 to 30,000. That's one third. That is huge. So guys out there that were able to get 5 cent lines, and they've been playing every game to win a dime, we're just using that as a hypothetical. They're up 29,600 this season, playing basketball in NBA alone. The same guy playing at 110 odds, he's up still great money, 21200 on the 10-cent line. So while the key is in baseball and why I'm so passionate about the dog system is because it's juice-free wagering, there is no juice. When you lose, you just lose even money. The closer you can get to even money, which obviously you can never get to even money on a spread, if you can get to five cents, if you can get to three cents, if you can get to two cents, and people that know what they're doing and pros know how to shop this, that is where you can basically add more money to your bankroll without actually changing the win loss record. That's it. So for all those listeners that say NBA can't be beat, if you're an edge better last season, you made twenty one thousand two hundred at the standard. 110 not counting last night's 2 and 0 oh, and or you made 29,600 at 5 cent odds and a lot of people really overlook that especially in the world of legal sports wagering they just download an app on their phone and they don't fight to get any reduced juice they don't fight and they don't shop and search for odds and that's something that you should be aware of going into the uh next uh spread betting season which will be obviously football in, um, in in August for preseason, and then obviously NBA shortly thereafter. Uh, one of the things a lot of people keep asking me about hockey, I don't know what to tell you guys. I've been doing this 35 years. I haven't found a sharp that consistently wins in hockey. I haven't found a system that consistently wins in hockey. Um, it is a weird sport. Obviously in Las Vegas where this is being broadcast live, you have a lot of Golden Knight fans that just uh, took on that team before the uh, Raiders came to town. And, you know, you have these areas like Tampa Bay where it's really hot. and You have these areas like Las Vegas where everybody's in love with the ice. And that's all fine and dandy. We actually have some uh, clients that are uh, ex-professional hockey players. Um, We have some clients that we do business with that are actually on the business side of it that are ex-professional hockey players. And even those guys know that they can't make money in hockey. So while the Stanley Cup Finals is going and it's fun to watch, sorry, guys. You gotta bow out and understand that there's certain systems that for me, if you have to bet a hockey game, you're just doing it. But it really is edgeless, especially if you're betting the favorite, because these lines in hockey are so inflated. I mean, Bruins Tonight, two fifty. Um, Avalanche one eighty five. It's just it's just not my thing, Mike. Anyway, I just want to talk about the NBA because we're still in the playoffs. My um my son is shocked and I wanted to run this by you, Mike about the Miami Heat getting hot and basically looks like they're gonna put the bucks in the in the garbage. What do you think of that series? Are you surprised how that's gone down?
2: Well, I mean they're listen, when you have playoff Jimmy, he is an absolute terror. The guy just it's he's gonna win this new award that the NBA is doing called the Clutch Player Award. This is the first year they're ever doing it the Jerry West Award. And he is a top candidate for a reason. The guy just brings it and he's as mellow as it comes. He's very humble. The guy doesn't, you know, talk a lot of smack on social media and anything like that, but he just goes out there and, and gets the job done. And, and the guy literally went for the fourth highest playoff point total in NBA history, which is crazy. I mean, you would think for all the greats out there over the years. He had the fourth most points ever in an NBA playoff game at 56. So, if they have a guy like that who's Jordan-esque in terms of points scored, and can close games and and make clutch shots and make clutch free throws. Listen, they're 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 a hot team, and I knew going into the playoffs, it's there's so much parity in the NBA, and the difference between one and eight on both sides of the West and the Eastern Conference is not that big of a variance. Um, It's just not. I mean, you look at, you look at the, the Memphis Grizzlies. They're the second seed playing the Lakers who are seven and the Lakers are up three to one. It's just like you, the only team that really is, you know, playing that well as a one seed is Denver, but that was just round one. I didn't think Minnesota was that good. And then you have the Phoenix Suns, who, at a three seed, could easily be the one seed because of who they added to the roster midseason with a healthy Durant at this point. So, you know, that side of the playoffs, you know, you're talking about four really good teams that I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers figured it out and got out of the West. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver. I mean, you're talking about four really good teams. And then on the east side, I mean, Boston, Had a chance to close out Atlanta last night. We obviously, Dave was on Atlanta getting the large stack of 13, and they won outright. I mean, you imagine that? I mean, Pete, they're getting 13 points because one of their key players, Murray, was out for suspension. And they got hot, and they ended up hitting a crazy three to one. All right, I am
1: back here at Sports Insider Radio. I had a little technical difficulties. Mike, are you back with us or no? I'm here. All right, beautiful. We, they, they got a new antenna they're putting up. We're going FM and AM. It's a little bit of a technical growing pain issue. We've been dealing with this for a couple weeks.
2: It is what it is. I want So where were you? Pick up where you were at, and then I'll continue. I think it was. Um, it might have not even been the radio station. It might have been the Kings fans upset that I was trashing them on, on air, um, being up 2-0 being a favorite to win the series to now being a dog and they're only down 2-1. So um it's it's going to be exciting. Um you know the the NBA playoffs, it's one thing that I really enjoy watching. I really don't get to watch the regular season much. It's not really of interest to me. But when it comes to um the postseason, I mean, the teams clearly um Play extremely well, and now the Warriors. Sorry, I was I was wrong. The Warriors tied it up. They're two two right now, and they took back, you know, the two games they had to win at home. So this this pivotal game five is going to be exciting to watch. Um, obviously, the Suns and Nuggets made it through. That is a incredible matchup for four for versus one. I mean, that is going to be a very tight series, and you know, on the other side the 76ers are the only ones that made it through. So, you have Boston still got a clean up. You got the Knicks that are leading, but as we know with uh D Mill that he saw a really good price on the Cavs to still win the series. So, obviously he still has uh faith in that. And then you have Miami. I mean, obviously if Miami wins the winner between Miami and the Cavaliers Knicks series is going to make it to the conference finals. So, I do believe, um, on the Cel the Celtics will prevail in that series. That between the 76ers and the Celtics, they're going to have a pretty easy road to get to the finals. So the West is just wild. I mean, Lakers, Warriors, Suns, Nuggets. I mean, there's some really good competition out there, but man, talk about a Nugget Sun series coming up. That is, that's like basically watching the conference finals. Um, and you're getting them in the semifinals. So it's going to be a good run. they run all the way to June, man. So we still have a lot of time, a lot of playoffs, a lot of games, and a lot of things to talk about for weeks to come. Yeah, and regarding tonight's uh,
1: pros versus Joes, obviously the public is 70% of all tickets on Miami plus 12. This is what we call reverse line move. The line opened up at 11. The public is backing Miami in a big way. And this is one of those situations and again I, I always defer to Dave in the NBA. I haven't looked and see what he's released yet. But this is it will shock me if the Bucks win by twenty.
2: Can we agree on that? Because you have I the, can't believe they're they're clearly the team that's not playing as well and they're a twelve point favorite. I mean
1: I get it. And the public is actually biting into the dog. Yeah. Big way. Sure. Regarding your Denver series and the future prices, uh, minus 140 plus 120 on the series. Uh, The Phoenix Suns against the Nuggets. Um, It's interesting. The Lakers right now, you can get Memphis to come back plus 650 on the series to win the series. Um, Obviously, the Lakers are minus 1,000. Hawks plus 1,200 to win the series, Mike. Boston minus 2,500. And the Hawks just went out, went out right yesterday. So, you know, you can play around with a little of these series props, obviously, if you're somebody that's so inclined. Again, it's not something that I get involved with. As you know, um, I'm like you. I defer to other people that do those sports. Again, nothing is going to ever excite me more than a 162-game baseball season where I have endless, endless juice-free opportunities on a daily basis. And I wanted to get back to that when you said we were plus seven units. If you have been a member of our system, we have outperformed the underdogs by two percentage points. And I'll explain that math as we go into the end of the show. Right now, the dogs have won 39% of the time. The favorites have won 61% of the time. But if you're playing our system where you're not playing all the games and you're just cherry-picking the 129 selections that we have had since the beginning of the season, you are 41.1% instead of 39%. You have won 53 games, Mike. You have lost 76 games. We are minus 23 games on our underdog system. If you are a dime player, you have made $7,870 down 23 games. You have outperformed the market, which is 39%, by 2.1 percentage points. And that goes back to my original, we don't expect people to play every dog every day. If you do that, you'll break even, basically lose really small amount of money. but If you can cherry-pick within a system where you're not going to play every dog, you're going to always outperform the actual overall percentage that the dogs are winning. As I said in the beginning of week one, every year it's the same. 40, 60, 60, 40. It will never be any different at the end of the season than what it is now. Understand that. It will never be any different than what it is now. You're going to have periods like yesterday where the dogs roll and go eight and seven last night, you're going to have periods where the favorites are an absolute tear. You might hit 63%, which has already happened at a maximum. That's it. So you already know when you're betting dogs, you're four and six out of every 10 at the end of the season. You're going to increase those odds by cherry picking the way we run our algorithm that we run our system. And we're going to leave a lot of dogs on the table yesterday, Mike, we left plenty of dogs on the table that we didn't play because they weren't in our system. So we can't take credit for playing those eight dogs yesterday because we only played, I think three or four, correct? Correct. So that's what you guys have to understand. If you want to cherry pick, we're going to always outperform the actual system as a whole. And like I said, regarding basketball, it is long. It goes, you know, I, they, they stretch this for the fans. It's great from a, from a from a betting point of view because there's more games to play. Uh let's talk a little bit since we got about eight minutes left, nine minutes. Tell me about your soccer service and uh what's been going on with soccer.
2: Well soccer has been you know it's the the volume hasn't been there strategically because of the end of the the natural seasons in Europe, but it always picks up. Right now it's been consistent. We've been in England and in the different England leagues. But primarily, it's European soccer. The groups work three hundred and sixty five days a year um not stressed about it one bit. It's always something that is a eight to nine percent a profit by year's end. So if you're throwing in you know just to give you an understanding if you're throwing in a million dollars in wagers in an entire year, which may seem like a big number, but you're not doing it all at once. you're doing it over a fiscal year and you know, you're looking to make eighty to ninety thousand. That's the reality of trading sports, not gambling on them. We're not putting emphasis on you taking a game that we know great information, underground it, none of that stuff is real. It's all data, it's all math, it's all market inefficiencies. And in doing so, you're following it strategically, long term every one of our clients keeps renewing for the following year. Because they understand what it takes to be a successful sports trader and they don't get too upset when they have a losing streak. Like, yes, last week, straight with you, the underdog model was the first losing week we've had thus far since the season started. You know, we lost What happened this week? Just- yeah, this week, in two days, we're already up close to seven. So it's that's just how it takes. It only takes a day for you to make back all the losses from a large loss standpoint because obviously with dogs you're not paying juice and it adds up you hit a couple plus 180s like we've done in the last couple of days it makes all the difference in the world so again we've been monitoring it i know you have been monitoring it the favorites are still winning at a very high rate which always is going to come down by the end of the season so if we just stick to the model no matter what I have no doubt that it's going to produce and outproduce many of the other models that they have out there.
1: And for anybody out there that wants to encompass favorites versus dogs, you just need to look at two teams that are basically even um, for the season, same win-loss record, and you'll understand the world of dog betting versus favorite betting. Um, Arizona, which we had last night, I believe, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Dodgers are 13-11. and Arizona's thirteen and twelve. Dodgers are minus two hundred and sixty-six dollars for the season. Arizona's plus four hundred and thirty-six dollars for the season. The Dodgers have been a dog one time. Arizona has been a favorite four times. So if you're a team that's never a favor, uh, never an underdog, you cannot be profitable. Statistically, it cannot happen. Let's talk about, a, this should give you a little uh, trivia, Mike. What is the Ravens' nemesis? What is their nemesis team up the street from us?
2: Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: And what is the most profitable team in all of baseball? The Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Pittsburgh is 16-8. and 8. You are up $1,025. They are 10-8 and 8 as a dog. Wrap your head around that. 5-0 and as a favorite. That's a little bit of a tell here. When they're a favorite, they're really a favorite. Um, they're the most profitable team in all of baseball. And even though we've made money on Oakland, Oakland is the least profitable team beside the team that you mentioned to me before we got on the air. Actually, you're, I'm wrong. The least profitable team in all of baseball is the White Sox, the Chai Sox. Team is 7-17. Seven and 17. They are 2 and 13 as an underdog. That is why they're not profitable. They're actually 4 and 4 as a favorite, but they cannot win as an underdog. And if you cannot win as an underdog, you can't make money for the betting public. The Baltimore Orioles Mike are 15 and 8. 9 and 2 as a favorite. I can't I don't think they were a favorite that many times the entire season last year. What do you think about the Baltimore Orioles and their chances of getting into the playoffs this season, projected preseason to be 10 games
2: over 500? What do you think of this team? They're ready. They're, they have the pitching, which I was a little hesitant on believing early in the season because we had the bats, and now it's the reverse. Right now we're winning games without scoring a lot of runs, so that's very promising. They have a lot of young guys, a lot of studs that were top picks um, out of the draft, uh, you know, the worrisome part about this team, it's it's we might have a good end of the year, and we might make a little run, but whatever happens every year, and it's just the organization, that's it, just how baseball is, where the good players take the bigger money with other teams because the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Padres could afford to pay them insane amounts of money, and the Orioles just don't. So it's just it's just sad. It's like you just know if the player just starts dominating, eventually he's just going to be gone. We just don't keep any players and we don't get these high profile, you know, free agents that come here. I mean, think about it. if you're on the Dodgers, no matter what, every year, whether you win or lose, you're having the best player in his position come to play for you. Whether it's a pitcher, whether it's an outfielder, whether it's an infielder, whether it's a really good bat, whether it's a really good defensive guy. It's like with us, it's, we have to farm our players. They have to come from within. We just don't get those crazy $400 million pitchers coming to the Orioles. So it's, that's what I've always struggled with. It's just, it's n- unlike every other sport, at least with the Ravens, that's why there's a salary cap and but you, you have to stick right. with it. And you just don't get that in baseball.
1: Well, you know, the last time they won the World Series, you were zero. They won the year you were born. I was 10 years old since we're 10 years apart. You were in the Ukraine, and I was here and went and saw the big festivities downtown. And literally, since I'm 10 years old, haven't seen it yet, I've told my son, you've already had more Super Bowls as a Ravens fan at 18 than I've had in 50 years as a Baltimore Orioles baseball guy but it is fun to at least know you have a shot. It's amazing when I see the, the Orioles favored 180, 190, 150. I could never stomach playing those prices. And it just goes to show you how they've done a turnaround. And it's not always based upon who has the highest payroll. Cause if that was the case, it would be the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees at the top of their divisions. And, uh, That's that's all I really got to say about baseball this week. I'll rub it in every week from now till football season. You guys will get tired of hearing it. If I can save one person from betting a favorite in baseball, even if they never join or pay me a penny, I feel like I've done my job. Never lay the money line in baseball. Sorry for the broken record. You're going to get it on AM. Now you're going to get it on FM. And you're going to get it everywhere you listen and everywhere you follow. And if you're shaking your head saying, why me, why me, when some highfalutin pitcher leg 250 gives up five runs in the second inning and they pull him, you didn't listen and you didn't learn a thing that I've said for years.
2: How would you like to close out the show, Mike? Well, we went 59 minutes without mentioning Lamar, so I give him at least uh, one minute on the show. <laughs> Go ahead. One Go minute the on the, music, the show. baby. No Go news. To the music. No news is good news. The draft is Thursday. There you go. You going to cash that ticket? I hope so. We'll be
1: back next week with another edition of Sports Insider Only Bet Dogs in MLB Radio. Good day and good luck.